Welcome back to the best podcast in the minors. My name is Carter Chapley, and I'm here again, as always, with my co-host, Daniel Guerrero. Daniel, how are you? I'm good. I mean, just trying to stay dry today. Kind of a rainy, I mean, very, very light rain, but I mean... uh, (laughs) Yeah, first I mean, time actually driving in St. Louis now that uh, I have a car, so very interesting. You're finally all moved into St. Louis. We're, you're finally starting to get a, a sense of the city. You've been down to Bush Stadium a whole bunch now, but you're going on the road here soon. Yeah, so like Carter said, I mean, I, I've uh, been around Bush uh, for that first home stand against the Pirates and uh, the one Royals game that they had. But I will be heading down to Springfield. I mean, today's Wednesday, April 20th. Yep. Heading down tomorrow, and hopefully, hopefully, bringing some uh, interesting stories to our readers now that you know pinch hits is in. It's full swing and just looking to to talk to some interesting players and you know have some quality content for for everyone now speaking of interesting players and quality content i'm really excited to say that later on in today's show well actually you know why don't you tell us who we're going to be talking to later on in today's show and about what you wrote about on this person for pinch hits so like carter said i mean as of this recording uh on pinch hits there is a new story on nolan gorman who before memphis if they get their game in today they're they're in a little bit of a rain delay he has homered in five straight games he's homered in seven of his last seven that's included a two homer game that's where it kind of all started this streak i mean he homered twice in a game didn't homer and then has homered five straight times and i had the chance to have a phone conversation with him yesterday uh, for a story on pinch hits and that conversation thankfully i mean he was o- uh, open with it being included in this podcast so you'll have you'll be able to listen to that interview uh, included in this episode so why don't we send it to that right now, your conversation with Nolan Gorman, and then we'll come back and we'll do a little recap of the minor leagues, and we'll talk about some of the interesting players outside of Nolan Gorman from a fairly successful week, opening week of Cardinals minor league affiliate baseball. Here is that interview now. Hey, Nolan, um, thanks for taking the time to meet with me. I want to ask you about this last stretch for you. I mean, you've hit six homers in the last six games. That includes four straight in the last four games coming into today. I mean, when you're on that much of a groove like what is that feeling like stepping into the batter's box yeah it's uh you know always fun but um at the same time it's you know just trusting the process and and my routine before the game and knowing you know going into the game it's all about decision making and uh you know getting your pitch to hit to be able to use what you had uh in your pregame routine onto the field and translate it so you know, it's it's a fun feeling. Obviously, this past week was really good. You know, just excited to um, be playing baseball again. Really, first three games, you went hitless, and then um, in spring training, I remember Ali Marmol said that you know sometimes it looked like you're pressing, which is normal for a young guy. Um, like, have you felt just more relaxed at the plate and just kind of more of not trying to do too much? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I wouldn't say it's too much pressing. Is you know, just working on some stuff and, um, you know, when you're thinking of other things, it's uh, hard to make good swing decisions. And um, so, you know, it's just, it's all about being able to trust, like I said, your, your process and routine and your swing's going to be the same. It's not going anywhere. So being able to, uh, you know, trust in that and only think about, you know, making a good decision on a good pitch to hit, mm-hmm. swinging from there. Kind of on that note, going back to the spring, I mean, I know you got a lot of action in the Grapefruit League and had some time in big league camp. I mean, what were some of those benefits um, from being there and just what are some of the things you took away from that? Yeah, it's always big, um, you know, being there and, and being around the guys in the, in the big league clubhouse and learning from them and their how they go about their business. You know, I think the biggest thing that I could take away from, from this spring 
was, uh, you know, just seeing how, how the guys like Goldie and, and Arenado would go about their business and getting in the game and just, just competing and, you know, talking to them about their their approach and their plan when they get up to the plate. And, you know, even with, with some of the new coaching staff, Skip and, and Turner, being able to learn from those guys and what they've gone through in other organizations and stuff. So uh, it's always really good to be in big league camp learning from those guys. And, you know, that's that's huge for, for someone's career. I mean, if you can look back at any of kind of the bigger pieces of advice that anybody, any of those guys or anybody else gave to you, is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I've repeated it, you know, multiple times. Just it's something that Goldie's preached, and it's just, you know, trusting what you do, what the work you put in for the game before, uh, you know, the season even starts and just going out there and trusting it because, you know, ultimately it is a hard game and, you know, catching up to 95, 96 mile an hour fastballs is, is a tough thing to do. And if you're thinking too much, it's going to be even harder. So there's, there's really no reason to put all that pressure and thinking about too much going on with your swing. It's just trusting everything you did in the off season is going to benefit you and the um, the year to come and having that ability to, to be able to do that is, is huge and that's you know something he preaches a lot. And then I mean when it comes to like the, the mindset aspect of baseball um, and kind of the way you approach things I mean how big has that been for you to kind of um, like you said uh, not think too much? Yeah I mean I'm a competitor it's you know this game is, is all competition and you know, it's you versus the pitcher every time you step in the box. And when you're on defense, it's the same thing. You're trying to take hits away from guys and also make the routine plays. So this game, you know, is it's part of the reason why I love it. It's just the, the competition. And you got to play all nine innings to win the game. And that's that's just something I that kind of drives me is, is competing and, and trying to be the best player uh, that you can be personally out on that, on that field. I mean, I mean, when you look at the other guys in your lineup, I mean, I know Juan Yepes has swung the bat well over the last stretch. I mean, Alec Burleson's another guy. I mean, being able to have those guys also in the lineup, like how much do you guys feed off of each other and kind of lean on each other? Yeah, we got a really good group here. You know, we're a decently young team, but, uh, you know, all these guys are really smart hitters up here. I think we do a really good job at seeing a pitcher for the first time and being able to come in the dugout and, and talk about what we see, especially if, you know, he's changed something from last year or if he changed something in spring training, whatever it is. We, we do a really good job of communicating all that, and uh, it's something they, they kind of preach up in the big leagues as well as, you know, just making sure everyone's on the same page and, and knowing how to attack the, the pitcher that's throwing that day. Um, and then just kind of going back really quickly to spring training, I mean, did I know you said talking um, and just kind of, getting advice from some of the other big league guys um, was helpful. I mean, did seeing some of those big league arms also kind of give you a little bit more uh, preparation coming into this year? Yeah, I mean, guys in AAA are, are a step away from the big leagues. They're all really good arms up here, and, you know, a lot of them have big league time. So, you know, it's, it's spring training helps a lot, getting at-bats under your belt and uh, being able to, you know, see some pitching and, and get good pitching too. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always good to see, you know, teams that have really good staffs and uh, you got to compete against those guys and, and do it as a daily job during the big leagues. So it definitely helps. Um, and then just kind of going uh, on this year, um, this year in the minor leagues, I know they've implemented some new rules. 
to you that have kind of stood out or been noticeable or changed, not changed, but maybe given maybe a little bit of a different experience as before, I mean, playing just baseball in general, I mean, not just in the minors? Yeah, I mean, last week we got to experience the automated strike zone, um, and then they started doing the uh, the pitch clock and everything. The pitch clock, I mean, it definitely makes games go by a lot quicker. It's it's really quick to, uh, to get in the box and, you know, keep the game flowing. And then the automated strike zone is... Yeah, it, it's good, but it definitely it's definitely harder for uh, you know a robot or, or Hawkeye or whatever it is to uh, really determine what's a, a strike and a ball. It's uh, you know the human element of the game is uh, definitely gotta stay you know get keep that part going because you know it's a, it's okay if a, if a human makes a mistake or whatever, but you know generally they're they're pretty good so. Have, have there been like any challenges of like the automated strike zone? I mean, like in-game stuff like that. I mean, there's definitely a few calls here and there. You know, for the most part, it's pretty good. But there's definitely some balls that you know we experienced last week that personally I don't think were strikes, nor does I think most umpires. And I think you know umpires kind of take pride in, in being able to call a good game, and you know they like when they do. So. You know, it's just it's a it's a good thing to have have umpires back there and being able to keep the human element to the game. Well, I guess it's a little bit different now. I mean, because before you kind of talk over or you um, don't agree with the know what's called, but now it's like you're not agreeing with the robot, so it does take out that other human aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, humans make mistakes, so yeah, uh, you know, it's it's really no big deal. But you know, when it's a robot doing it, and you don't. It's hard to, to know what the actual strike zone is with them. With, with the human umpire, you can, you know, gauge if they're going to be calling the pitch highs or high or low. Or you know, it's there's a there's a game between the umpires as well. Wow, what a great young man! <laughs> Isn't he a spectacular guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, very gracious of his time to take the time to speak with me, and thanks uh, also to Memphis PR Jack Keffer who helped set that up. I uh, really appreciate it, and we hope to be we hope to bring other content like that to you and have snippets of interviews and guests on this show you know we, we've talked about a couple of people that we want to bring on and uh, you know we hope to bring that to to this podcast I mean kind of take it to that next level of a little bit more insight into the Cardinals minor leaguers and the minor league system as a whole I do want to say like like you said thank you to Memphis PR because it's not a given that we kind of get access to these kinds of players like week you did the fact that Nolan is open to this kind of thing and Memphis PR is open and hopefully we'll get to Springfield and Peoria and Palm Beach and this is the kind of stuff that I think people are going to find really interesting i found really interesting was there a section of this interview that really like stood out to you something that he said something about his presence that to you was really either surprising or insightful or or really stuck stood out i think one of the things that stood out to me is in the part of the interview where he mentions that he loves this competition i mean he um, i know i asked him about you know kind of handling that that mental aspect of the game and balancing that with being able to produce at a high level and he said I mean he's he's a competitor through and through offense and defense um that that's just one of the things that's always driven him in this game and I mean that's something that that obviously you want in a player and you want in a prospect who wants to get better uh, and especially a prospect like Nolan Gorman who I mean everybody on Twitter is saying when are they going to call this guy up I mean how with how great he's doing obviously that's the conversation for another day I mean that's another topic but he's somebody who from the sounds of it I mean doesn't shy down to to being kind of held in that light of being the guy who's a top prospect in the system, being the guy who everybody's kind of waiting for to make his debut. And I mean, it's showing in to start the season that he's not folding. He's, 
living up to to you know not i mean he's living up to kind of that expectation and producing to kind of give fans that that hope that you know that that feel like hey this guy is going to be a major contributor when he gets here and i mean like you said he's a competitor that's how he views the game and that that was just something that that really stood out because i mean a lot of times you hear top prospects who who like i know Derek gould has mentioned this on his podcast i mean about prospect fatigue of guys who were talked about all the time and just kind of get pushed back and i mean he's kind of pushing forward uh i don't want to say notoriety but just kind of that that name that Mm -hmm. that name recognition of who he is and kind of how he's being valued that prospect fatigue is really interesting and and i'm glad you bring that up because it feels like more and more often guys because of the increased focus on minor on the minor leagues and kind of the stardom that some minor leagues get especially in their social media there's a lot more talked about the fact that we can have access to this you know we see every nolan gorman home run on social media it only makes it more exciting when you see you know maybe some guys at the major league level not performing you go when is he coming up when mm-hmm. is he coming up to me the sense i got from him is that he is both extremely competitive like you said it's not a matter of him not wanting the spotlight but it also doesn't seem like he's the kind of like egomaniac that like will take in all of the social media love and like have it really like oh well i'm the superstar no he's just like a true grinder which mm-hmm. is such a value in a in a young man and a prospect that will have all this attention because it's only going to get worse if you view it as worse like it's only going to get more attention once he gets to the major league level and so the fact that he can be this good this competitive and not like a total nutcase about like that attention that he's getting is just an amazing sign to me and it makes me really excited for what he's doing now can you tell us how this first week went for memphis it's they're seven and six and before we kind of get into what the team has played can you explain the minor league scheduling right now a little bit do you have any insight into like if this is normal so right now it seems like they're playing six game homestands against everybody is that normal how has that impacted so far in in your kind of observation i'm actually not sure how normal that is to be honest i mean mm-hmm. as carter said they will play six games a week tuesday through sunday every team across the minors will have monday off and then there's some weird mondays where springfield will play i know that happened a couple of weeks ago where they were the only literally the only minor league game it looks to me i mean just I guess looking at it from a calendar aspect, it's kind of just to just to I guess arrange travel because I mean they're playing six game series in one city. So this week, uh, Memphis is playing six games in Omaha against the the Royals AAA affiliate. Uh, same thing with Springfield; they'll be playing six games at home. And same thing with Palm Beach; they're playing six games straight against the same team. And uh, I that from I just from from like an outsider standpoint, just kind of looking at that, it just kind of seems like it's obvious to help accommodate travel. So that way, I mean yeah. there aren't tons of bus rides and it's just six games here go back home play six games and six games back on the road it seems like it's done in order to keep it financially in a way that makes more sense and for these guys like long-term health in terms of it can be a real grind to do that minor league schedule when you're let's say you're like the cardinals where you're playing three game series and you're getting on the road they're not flying mm-hmm. most of the time they're usually taking bus trips or you know, like way way back in the day the train or something like mm-hmm. that it might be a little re- redundant or repetitive to play the same team six times in a row like i mean that's a full starters rotation a full starting yeah. rotation set but this feels like it might be better for the players physically or mentally to not have to be in a bus three or four times a week for seven or eight hours like having that monday off day as a travel day so to speak sounds pretty good to me i would think yeah i mean it makes sense for i guess routine because you know monday is going to be an off day for pitchers i mean as long as the rotation stays healthy and you don't have to move starts obviously you know when your days are going to be so i mean it it just makes a lot of sense and then just it's that continuity of uh, consistency and getting that same repetition 
uh, throughout the year. Now let's talk about what each team got up to. I have a, some notes here, so mm-hmm. let me go through each team and then I can kind of get your perspective or insights into what you kind of saw that maybe my bullet points don't cover. The Memphis Redbirds are 7-6. and six. They've split series with Gwinnett and Charlotte. They also won on Tuesday night against Omaha. They've been a launch pad really early. They have three stars with a combined 17 home runs. Nolan Gorman amongst them, like we talked about earlier. Juan Yepes and Alec Burleson as well. Tell us about those kind of three stars and how they're doing for Memphis and tell us what you kind of sense from Memphis's first week of the season. I mean, with Nolan Gorman, I mean, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. He is just, I guess, a human launching pad for the ball. Like, I mean, like we talked about earlier and like he mentioned uh, in his interview, I mean, he, I mean, he's just had, he has just a lot of faith in kind of his uh, pregame routine. He has a lot of faith in kind of what he worked on in spring training. He's just letting that swing go i mean he's he's just putting bat to ball and that's kind of what you see at the plate Dalek burleson's another guy he kind of took a dip in the last couple of games i think but he is still hitting the ball pretty well he's around 290 in his batting average i mean it's a good start for for the season i mean he's playing outfield he's had a couple clutch home runs this season to help memphis win and obviously the prospect development is more important than i guess team record at the minor level i mean from the way i look at it just because yeah. i mean those, those championships are cool but winning you know, games it's, is it's nice all but about, developing big league talent is yeah. really the value yeah. um so i mean yeah alec burleson hit the ball well and then juan yapez i mean he's he's had he's he's had kind of that power swing back but he's still struggling when it, when you look at just average. Yeah. I mean, when you look at a slugging percentage, it's pretty nice. But he's yeah, he's he's hit a couple of pretty deep homers. You had kind of seen like I mean, I know he struggled in spring training, and then obviously, I mean, he was kind of being looked at as the guy who was going to fill that right-handed DH spot for the Cardinals opening day roster. And then Pools got signed, and then and then and then. Now I mean, uh, Yepes is back in AAA. I mean, where he had a lot of success last year, and you see that same power. But you I mean the average isn't there. But obviously, I mean, when when you have a guy who hits for a lot of power, like I guess and the way the game has shifted the way the game of baseball has kind of shifted some sometimes teams kind of value that more but i mean it it, it is still it is still kind of promising to see him you know flash that every now and then yepes is hitting 217 with a 799 ops he's also struck out 14 times so you're right it's kind of three mm-hmm. true outcomes with him right now yeah he's, he's hitting home runs or striking out when you look at these top three players gorman burleson yepes it is kind of nice to see that if there is an injury at the major league level you kind of have a guy at each yeah a guy who can fill each, each kind of spot yeah but Burleson, yeah. you can fill an outfield spot. Gorman can fill an infield spot and be a DH. And mm-hmm. same thing with Yepes. I mean, he plays first base. He's, I know they tried him hit. out. And, uh, he can hit. I mean, they yep. tried him out in the corner outfields. I mean, that's something that I, I know they were working on over spring. But I mean, he's a guy who, you know, big right-handed bat who can slot into the lineup. And th- obviously, there's a big transition in going from AAA to Drew League pitching. But I mean, it's it's something that actually like Nolan Gorman said in the interview, like a lot of those guys that you're seeing in AAA have Major League experience. It kind of it kind of gives you that benefit. And with Gorman being a second baseman and having a utility guy like Tommy Edmund at the major league level any but any infielder who gets hurt it feels like he's the next call up like if it's like you know knock on wood Arenado or or DeYoung or Edmund he's he's next same thing with the outfield it doesn't feel like Alec Burleson can't like with the with the utility the major league roster has it doesn't feel like they can't fill in anywhere based on you know whoever gets hurt because you can move around guys to make mm-hmm. it work you know oh so like let's say you only feel comfortable with Burleson and left field well it's not like you can't put like Tyler O'Neill in right or move it around based on how you feel you need to mm-hmm. and like you said I mean like I know we've I think I know we talked about this in the first podcast was i mean just injuries are the nature of the game and and guys i mean guys i mean maybe only miss you know 10 games or whatever it is but i mean somebody needs to fill in for that and those guys are you know kind of the first three in the pecking order what it seems what it seems like i mean at least based on their you know their their history i mean their their history in the minors and their 
proven success. I mean, Alec Burleson's an interesting guy because he was drafted in 2020 and then he kind of speed ran yeah. the three level, the you know high A, double A, triple A last year and hit well at each level and he's hitting well to begin this year. So I mean, yeah, the, I mean, like Carter said, those are guys who you know can can be that add. You know, if something, if you know, worst case scenario, something happens to somebody, um, you know, for either a short, long term, I mean, whatever it is, I mean, they're they're guys who you you can slot into that roster. Moving down in the farm system, we come to the Springfield Cardinals, who you'll be visiting this week. They're four and six. They did get a series win over Northwest Arkansas, but they lost the series to Arkansas and their first game to Tulsa. Chase Pinder leads the team in offense. He's hitting 400 with two home runs and seven RBI. Jordan Walker does not look out of place at all. He has 11 hits, a home run, and two stolen bases. Moises Gomez was named Texas League Player of the Week on Monday. Through his first 21 at-bats, he is 8 for 21, 6 homers, 11 RBI. Only two of his hits haven't been homers. That is the thing that stands out the most. I mean, you look at his 7 hits, I think. 7, and um, yeah, I mean, only two of them are not homers yeah he power it's kind of like when you like i said earlier about gorman's like a human launching pad moises gomez is kind of doing the same in uh in springfield i mean he rightfully earned that that's texas league player of the week award i mean he just was crushing the ball to begin the season and then like you said jordan walker hasn't looked out of place he's made some nice plays on defense as well i think that's one thing that obviously doesn't show up in the box score because he can't you know i mean you can note like hey he made a fielded a ground ball at third and threw it over to first mm-hmm. but i mean they're I know there was one play, um, an opening weekend where he, from the seat of his pants, as some commentators would say, I mean, right, went to his, uh, his left and kind of from his butt threw a guy out at first base. I mean, it was an impressive throw. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, hard throw to make across the diamond when you're sitting down. With Jordan Walker, it, it feels like at 19 and in double A, like he's not getting a call up anytime soon. They probably want to see him unless he really tears it off. Like unless he goes mm-hmm. on this, like just proves that he's like double A. Like I need more pitching talent to, to hit against, I guess, at the triple A level, which is not always the case as we know. But it feels like just being comfortable, just just looking in place for this first half of the season at least is probably all you can ask for it out of a 19 year old double a am i wrong about that um i think the biggest thing you want to look at is just quantity of at bats and mm. just reps obviously the success at least in this small sample size is really good and really promising but you definitely do want to see that over the course of maybe it's not the whole season but at least half a season i mean gorman played in i think it was 43 games in double a then made the jump to triple a that's something that obviously i mean may could be in the works for walker i mean it's 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 not it's not an unrealistic possibility that he doesn't make the leap to triple a this year i think that's something that could happen especially because i mean he's hitting the ball well if I know he's walked a lot and I mean it's it's that's kind of that's kind of concerning as well just because you want him to get good at bats I mean if they're pitching around him or if uh, the pitchers just the quality of pitching they're just not throwing strikes obviously you want him to be able to to swing at pitches and that's actually something that Moises Gomez I mean I know Gomez was batting behind Walker uh, in Sunday's lineup Mm. so I mean it's a guy who's hitting hot I mean obviously you want kind of protect Walker just so he can get some good at bats and I mean as long as you know as long as he's getting those good at bats that he can actually swing at and you know work on and show that development on i mean it's not i mean it's 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 something i mean obviously that something to watch for and then it's something that can help him get to that next level to triple a and then you know who knows where it goes from there it's not totally discouraging though to see him have seven walks and nine strikeouts it's a good it's a nice rate i mean it's yeah like it's nice to see him have the eye to be able to mm -hmm. like it's exciting to be it's exciting to be able to get like good pitches but it's also like a sign that he's like composed enough that he's not just like swinging swinging to swing and he's like taking good pitches and doing the best he can with them and he's hitting 324 along with seven walks his OBP through, you know, he's got 34 at-bats, which is the most on the team. 
is is 465 which is great you're right we said it earlier like player development comes before success and Mm -hmm. he's clearly getting the opportunities we can move on to peoria unless you have anything to add on springfield i i I don't think there's anything else left on on my notes here oh no there there is one more thing yeah um domingo Domingo robles Robles, lefty i mean he carried a no hitter into the seventh thing in his his last start yeah i mean he pitched eight shutout innings i think he gave up one hit i want to say he uh also had a really strong start in his first outing i mean he's another young guy who's off to just a strong start and i mean obviously that's that's what you want to see i mean from the developmental side i mean obviously any success at any time is good but i mean obviously getting off to a good start early in the year is i mean big for somebody especially his age and he is really carrying a lot of the pitching load throwing a lot of yeah. innings which is which is great you don't see a whole lot of that at a, yeah, and, and the major league level and having a guy who who's kind of showing he can he can really deal is nice to keep bringing up the system yeah and it's uh kind of like the same thing with hitters i mean you want them to get as many at bats for pitchers you want them to throw as many innings as possible mm-hmm. not because you're trying to run their arms off but it's trying to get them that workload i mean to be able to to pitch at that at that volume um so i mean being able to eat up innings and being able to to kind of shoulder the load for springfield is uh, is a pretty good sign now we move on to peoria who are the most successful mm-hmm. this week they're six and three with a series with a series win over great lakes mason win is hitting 448 he has three extra base hits three four steals and an ops of 1.121 michael mccreevy was named high a midwest pitcher of the week he threw 11 and two-thirds scoreless innings with nine strikeouts only give up two hits and gordon graceffo has also been hot with a 0.82 era in, in two starts and 12 strikeouts it is awesome to see those two young arms mm-hmm. dominate that level so early yeah definitely and i mean especially mcgreevy being this this being his first full season in the in the minors um i mean he pitched at uc santa barbara a year ago he was a first round pick and now he's in high a obviously off to a really good start he hasn't given up a run in his two outings he i mean he, his stuff has just been his, his stuff has just been sharp i mean as people describe him he's been nails on the mound he's you know he he's just he's i mean obviously doing probably more than what what is expected at that level i mean he hasn't given up a run yet in his two outings graceffo is another guy who i mean like we've mentioned before was labeled the sensation in minor league camp and that success is translating over to to the regular season which is obviously good because i mean sometimes you have a good preseason and then it's almost like you start over but i mean graceffo is carrying that over into uh, his season with with peoria and then like you said mason win i mean the guy's hitting the ball he's i know he doubled and tripled in his last game last night uh so i mean he's i mean and he's had a couple stolen bases so i mean he's a guy who I mean, is using his speed to his advantage and uh is being is you know just making good contact which is i mean obviously nice to see can i read you some of michael mccreevy's college stats mm-hmm. at uc santa barbara his freshman year he was five and one with a 194 era in 60 innings his sophomore season was the covid shortened basically no no spring sports 2020 he was still two and oh with a 99 era in 30 innings 26 strikeouts in his junior season before being drafted he was nine and two with a 2.92 era and 115 strikeouts and 101 innings to me this is a suggestion that he has just not lost anything off of his like he's just rolling out of his college seasons he's rolled into professional camp and he's just continuing to dominate which the last time we saw we see guys do like stuff like that is like alec manoa with the blue jays and Mm -hmm. like guys just clearly dominant at the college level coming into the minor leagues and then shooting up the minor league system yeah and then i one of the things that especially with McGreevy because he played at UC Santa Barbara. I mean, that's a Big West school, and the Big West has has produced some good college baseball players that have had success in the majors. I mean, some guys, especially from like Cal State Fullerton, um, Justin Turner is one that comes to mind who, you know, obviously they the Big West, I mean, has has been a successful baseball conference in college. Oh, yeah, very, very, um, very good. Because, yes. I mean, I mean, and, and it's not just like one or two schools. I mean, Long Beach has, you know, produced Jared Weaver and Evan Longoria and Troy Tulowitzki. I mean, they're, they're just some... Um, 
some I means quality baseball in that conference. I mean, and for him to have that success there and start from his freshman year up through his junior year just shows, I mean, just kind of the, the potential of who or what type of pitcher he can be now that he's su- succeeding in high A. I mean, it's just a matter of time where he gets enough innings to, to be able to make that leap to the next level. I'm going to just mention the last affiliate program here, uh, and then we can kind of get out of here. One of the Palm Beach Cardinals are 5-3 and three with wins over the Daytona Tortugas and Jupiter. Anything to add there? Notable stuff at the uh, Cardinal Spring Training site? Yeah, I mean, well, I think one of the guys who has, like, looking at the numbers, has hit the ball well is Osvaldo Tovalin. I mean, he's batting 346. He's homered. I know he hit, I think he hit two homer. No, was it? I will check the stats right now. He has one home run, eight RBIs, nine walks. He's in 368. But, I mean, yeah, he's a guy who has hit with success for Palm Beach. Um, I mean, I think sometimes Palm Beach can kind of get forgotten because mm-hmm. you, you look at Memphis as kind of the, the last step to the major league team. You look at Springfield as kind of that middle ground. So, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes all the attention's there. But, I mean, Palm Beach has... I mean, there's some guys there who are, you know, barely starting out who are also like 19, 20 years old who have have played well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Inohan Paniawa, who was their opening day starter, has, has had some quality starts to begin the year. Um, and it's a lot of young guys down there. So, I mean, there's still some time before... Obviously, they're going to make that next that they could make that next step to, to I mean to getting to Peoria and then getting to that next minor league affiliate. Uh, but I mean, that's obviously something to keep eyes on. Oftentimes, like that single A affiliate. Now that they've kind of condensed the minor league system, you know, like it used to go so much deeper. Mm-hmm. You used to have like New York State short season league and stuff like that. You have to start your pro career somewhere, mm-hmm. and this is where you do it, right? And so, if you can succeed at this level, it stands to reason you're going to get moved up quickly into the the next steps, especially if you're hitting as well as he is, who's walk before you can run, and this is where you do it. And just because he's playing at that level doesn't mean anything that he's like not a prospect, like a high-end prospect. It just means that mm-hmm. you have to start your professional career somewhere, right? Yeah, like, and uh, it's it's one of those things that actually some players who I got the chance to talk to in spring training have mentioned where they came out of college or they came out of high school and they went into rookie ball and then or maybe even low a with palm beach and just the leap of the level of talent there Mm -hmm. is different i mean it's it's another step up because i mean you got to think about it that you know for guys who let's say that whatever they um you know were an all-conference player in college or high school or high school but now all the guys who you're playing with in rookie ball and low a were all also more likely than not all all conference or you know, all division guys as well. So, I mean, you're, it's kind of like that first step of seeing like the best among your age group, I guess, at that level. I mean, there's very few who are that young and who are above that, but I mean, it's kind of that, that first learning curve. I mean, where you're going to, where you're going to make the, where you're going to struggle and then you're going to end. And then obviously some guys figured out where they are able to continue and to get better and then make that next step. Something I'm really interested in looking into as we continue this podcast and kind of get the opportunity like we did today to talk to, to Nolan Gorman and maybe some folks at the lower levels and in the Cardinals, you know, is especially with Palm Beach is that oftentimes you have to get used to being a professional athlete mm-hmm. along with just being a baseball player. Like, you know, these guys have played baseball since they were knee high. They know the game. But that doesn't mean they know how to be a professional athlete, taking care of your body, nutrition, uh, lifestyle, travel, going from team to team, the competition of wanting to win baseball games, but also moving up in the system and perform well for yourself. So I'm really interested in exploring that kind of stuff from the Palm Beach level and with you going out on the road to Springfield this week, which we're very excited about. I expect a full report on not only what's going on in Springfield, but also the best food options for those who Mm. are making the trips to Springfield this year, because it's a great trip if you're in the St. Louis area and you've never been. But stuff like that, I'm interested to see to hear what, what you have to say about like the stadium, the environment, the 
assistance that these minor leagues are minor leaguers are getting from their coaching staffs and stuff like that. Is there a part of Springfield, your Springfield trip that you're really looking forward to beyond just getting on the road for the first time for uh, pinch hits in the post dispatch? I guess it would be to just to be at the minor league stadium. Mm-hmm. Aside from Palm Beach, I mean Palm Beach from Jupiter from Roger Dean Stadium because yep. I know that's also I mean spring training, but also minor league stadium. I want to say this might be the first one I'm going to, like, ever. That's very cool. Um, I can't really remember going to minor league games growing up or when I was in college. Oh, so I mean, this I went is going to, be, this yeah. Is be your first minor league game. I think, I mean, I've been to, oh. col- I've been to college games. Oh, I mean, I've been no, to college. You're I went, in first, something yeah. special then. Well, yeah. I, I, I went to, you know, I covered a lot of San Diego State yep. baseball games. I went to some Cal State Fullerton games, um, you know, growing up in Anaheim and Orange County. It's, but I mean, I, I don't think I can recall ever going to a minor league game outside of, you know, spring training minor league games or spring training games in general. Um, But I mean, I'm excited because I mean, I know people talk about the environment and kind of how, I mean, even though they're a minor league team, like people in the community do care and they do, do. you know, they do show up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very excited to, to kind of see that atmosphere and see what, you know, MILB is all about. Yes. You're going to be in for something special. Thank you again for listening to the best podcast in the minors. We're going to be back next week. Daniel, can you tell us what you got going on on Pinch Hits right now and what we can what we can read from you or what we might be able to expect in the coming days? Yeah, as of the recording of this podcast, you can find a new story, and like we mentioned before, on Nolan Gorman and uh, how things have gone for him during this hot stretch where he's homered in seven of his last seven games and five in a row. Um, some of the things that you can be on the lookout for um, outside of this podcast and future podcasts are... Um, obviously the minor league reports, but I mean now that I'm, I'm going to get the chance to go to Springfield, I hope to catch up. You heard it here first. Check out all of Daniel's stuff on Pinch Hits. You can look out for some more stuff from me coming up here soon. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.